the cloud. All right. So, hey, want to welcome everybody uh, to another another session um, on uh, Second Sunday Student Athlete Development Support. This is a free resource that our organization, Athlete Transition Services, is providing during the pandemic. We understand that a lot of uh, colleges are struggling financially, thus budgets that are, are typically used for programs such as speakers and life skills and student athlete development. We, we understand that those are significantly cut right now. So this is just something we're doing on a monthly basis just to make sure that student athletes still have an opportunity to uh, get the support that they need during these times. And we have an awesome uh, guest tonight, uh, presenter. Uh, we first met uh, probably about two and a half years ago. And from the moment I met this young man, uh, I could hear his passion for helping student athletes, want to make sure, not just student athletes, but professional athletes, um, just athletes in general, making sure that uh, they are uh, developed holistically and that they have a plan for life after sports. And so, um, so he's a life after sport transition coach. He's an author. He'll tell you more about his new book coming out uh, towards the end of October um, and, and just what else he has going on. But without further ado, it's my pleasure to introduce Mr. Taj Deshaun. Jonathan, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, like I said, I'm extremely grateful for the opportunity. Excited to come on here and share with you all. Before I get into anything, I want to share something with you guys. I keep this on my desk at all times. Hopefully you can see this. It's like a little statue. My mom gave this to me about four years ago. You can see it's a, a person helping another person up the ladder. And um, she gave this to me at a time when I was really going through some serious challenges. You know, I was just trying to figure out life after football, really struggling, struggling to figure out my next steps. Um, I was no longer tied to the football player. I was unemployed, living at home, depressed. And she comes home from work and she says, hey, Taj, I found this. You know, I grabbed it off the shelf. I just, it made me think of you. And, you know, God told me or something told me just to give this to you to let you know to continue uplifting others. No matter what you do, no matter what you're going through, um, make sure you're always making a contribution to your fellow human being. And that was something that I never forgot. You know, that was, um, that was four years ago, honestly. And just staying in that frame of mind of serving others has led to a beautiful life that I've been able to create for myself over the past few years. Um, you know, being able to just operate in my gifts every single day and open up great opportunities like this one um, and just a bunch of opportunities I've, I've had over the years. I always say I've been able to customize my life, um, which, is, which was a concept that was foreign to me coming out of football. I didn't know that you could even do something like customize your life. And I've been able to do that over the past three years. And I don't mean three years removed from football. I'm talking about three years since I got clear and committed to my mission, to my goals, and got really focused. Um, and that's what we're really going to be locked in on tonight is talking about that clarity of vision once you're done playing your sport. I do not have a PowerPoint to show you or anything like that. I'm just going to be speaking from the heart. Uh, Jonathan and I don't want to take up your whole evening, so I'm going to be moving pretty fast. But I suggest that you take notes because I can guarantee you that something I'm gonna to say tonight is gonna to resonate with you uh, and I don't want you to miss it. So I'm not gonna sit here and tell you my whole life story either. That, that's not why we're here this evening, but just to give you some context, you know, I played at Stony Brook University, a small D1 program in Long Island, New York. I did not have NFL talent. And yet, even though I knew I wasn't gonna be playing football at the next level, I still had absolutely no idea what I was gonna do with my life once I was done playing football. So just like Jonathan, just like a lot of other athletes, I was in survival mode, you know? Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew I needed a check. I needed a job. I needed to get some experience. I needed security. 
So I would wake up every morning. I would go on Indeed and just aimlessly apply for jobs, right? Now, let me back up for a second because the issue wasn't so much, it was so much deeper than me trying to find a job, right? And we, we've all heard a lot of the conversations about loss of, you know, identity and, and all that type of stuff. And that's exactly what I was experiencing, losing my identity as a football player. So although I was struggling to find employment beneath the surface, I was scrambling to attach my identity to something else. And so many of us former athletes have that, that similar experience where after we hang the jersey up, we're just desperate. Like, man, I'm so lost right now. Let me just try to attach my identity to something. You know what I mean? So rather than looking internally to try to establish a new identity, what happens a lot of times is we try to establish our new identity post-sports through external methods. You know, what is my job title? Uh, how much money am I making? What kind of car am I driving? You know, and a host of other things that we can get into, a host of other challenges that come with the transition as far as, you know, losing your, your teammates and your network and, and not having any sort of uh, support system. You know, we'll be here for three hours if we get into all that. So we won't do that tonight. You know, Jonathan and ATS has a ton of great content on that. Go check that out. I have some content on that as well. Ton of content just talking about everything you need to know about the transition. But just for the purpose of tonight, what we're going to be talking about is just really staying focused on your life's direction. Because I believe that once you get 100% clear on your life's direction, everything else just starts to fall into place after that because you're directed and you're guided by something. And I always say, you know, fuzzy targets don't get hit. So if you're 100% clear about your target, everything else lines itself, lines itself up on your way to that target, right? Um, a lot of times when I start talking about direction or life's direction, you know, people automatically start thinking like job titles or career paths. And I always challenge people to think much bigger than that because I can tell you right now, discovering how you want to live is 10 times more important than thinking about what you want to do, right? Because what you want to do is, okay, I want to be in sales or I want to be a doctor or I want to do X, Y, Z, but discovering how you want to live is, is 10 times more important because now you're thinking about your overall lifestyle. You know what I mean? Um, I know people who start out in one career and then end up frustrated because they didn't think about the lifestyle that that career would bring them. You know, uh, I dated a girl in college, her older sister was in med school at Columbia and thought she wanted to be a doctor until she started doing her rotation in oncology and was around people who were on their deathbed and realized that being a doctor was not for her. You know what I mean? So this is what I'm talking about when we think about lifestyle. So back to that concept of applying, on, applying for jobs on Indeed, right? The very concept of applying for jobs on Indeed is starting externally trying to fill an internal void, right? And so as a recent college grad or as a former professional athlete with no job experience and no idea of which direction you want to go, it quickly becomes a slippery slope because there's really no grace period where you have that time to stop evaluate, say, hmm, now that I'm no longer playing my sport, like, what kind of life do I actually want to build for myself? And notice that I didn't say what kind of job do I want or what career path am I going down? I specifically said, what kind of life do I want to build for myself? So a lot of us, when we leave our sport, we may think we know what we want to do, but oftentimes, and this is just what I run into, I'm sure Jonathan sees this a lot too, we run into people who just want to stay in their comfort zone. So you ask a former athlete, what do you want to do? Oh, I want to be a coach or I want to get into broadcasting or, you know, I want to get into sales. And there's nothing wrong with, with any of those careers. Those are all great careers. But I've had conversations with countless athletes who, would, who have gone on to live much more fulfilling lives doing something other than coaching just because that's comfortable for them and they want to stay around the game. Some people make great coaches, don't get me wrong, but some people, they would better serve themselves and better serve 
just the world in general for them to go off and do something else that's more meaningful to them and have an impact that way, right? So, and although I'm speaking to current and former athletes right now, I just want to make it clear that anyone else who's listening tonight, understand that I'm speaking to you too, because at some point or another, we all have to decide whether we're going to go through life just surviving or we're going to thrive, you know? And I know a lot of you are going through hard times right now. I don't want to be insensitive. You know, if you're an athlete, your season might have been canceled. If you're someone who works with athletes, you may be furloughed or laid off. But I just want you to take a minute to consider that maybe, just maybe, this is a time for you to reevaluate. Maybe this is a time that you can use to your advantage. You know, you can use this time to reassess where you're going in life, right? Especially for the athletes because sports, at least for me in my case, sports was, I viewed it as my vehicle, as my only vehicle, right? A lot of times you have a first generation college student or someone who goes on to get a professional contract, we're viewing that as this is my way to create a legacy, to change the trajectory of my family's history. You know, this is the, this, it's the classic story of a player who gets drafted to the NBA and now he buys his mom a new house, right? On some level, we all want that. So why is it that when we finish our sport, we lose sight of that and we just settle into whatever kind of job we can get and just kind of float through life? Why do we lose sight of that? that grand vision of I'm going to do something big and give back to my community and give back to my family. So I want to, I just want to encourage for any athletes on here tonight that just because you're no longer playing your sport, it doesn't mean that you don't still have the opportunity to do great things, you know, and, and not only that, but there's a lot of people who are counting on you and looking up to you, all your little siblings, your little nieces and nephews, you know, the people who went to your high school or whatever, all these people are, are looking up to you to be like, okay, he was, he or she was a superstar at this university or on this professional team, but like, what are they doing now? You know what I mean? Like, are, are you, is your story going to be, you peaked in college or you peaked after your professional career was over, after your short professional career? career? So a lot of us, like I said, a lot of us, when we're done playing, we, we take the first job we can get to make ends meet. And there's nothing wrong with taking a job to pay bills. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But my point is, why get stuck there? You know, a lot, there's a lot of people still working in the same jobs or in the same industry that they got into fresh out of college and they don't even like it to this day. And they're still there five, 10, 15, 20 years later after their career ends, they're still in that industry hating what they do on a daily basis. Now, how do I know? Because I talk to these people all the time, not just recent grads. I'm talking about 30, 40, you know, 50 year old people who are still kind of just, man, this is just something I fell into and I'm still here. So I think that happens from, and this is what I'm really getting at, is just not being intentional, not spending the time to get clear about what it is that you're really looking for. That's how you end up doing something like that. And like I said, there's nothing wrong with taking a job to pay bills, but I'm a big believer in doing what you have to do so that you can do what you want to do, right? So for example, like Jonathan just introduced me, I work with former athletes, I work with several different organizations. Uh, this is what I do now, but there was a time when I was installing glass for $16 an hour while I was on the road to building this. I have a degree. I've worked in corporate. I've made good money. I could have done that and tried to build what I'm doing now, building my program, working with athletes. But see, I knew that I wouldn't have the energy to work a corporate job and come home and really work on what I needed to work on. So that's what I'm telling you. Sometimes you're going to have to do stuff like that. And I always encourage people, even if you're in a good career that's making good money. Like when I was doing the glass job, right? When I was doing the glass job, it wasn't, I wasn't just spinning my wheels. Like I'm going to be a, a professional glass installer, right? There was a light at the end of the tunnel. I'm doing X so that I can reach Y at the end of it. Right? So I always encourage people to keep their antennas up. And what I mean by antennas, is just a little something I say, it's do what you have to do to make ends meet 
but keep your antennas up and constantly look at where you're going. You know, if you listen to any of uh, Gary V's content, Gary V always talks about clouds and dirt. And I always really love that concept because what that means is you keep your mind in the clouds thinking about all that your life could be and all these things that you want to do. But then you put your face right back down in the dirt and get your hands dirty and get to work to make it happen. And the two play off of each other. So while your hands are in the dirt and you're putting work in every day, you're looking up at the clouds like I'm going to be there someday. And even when you get to the clouds, you know that the dirt, the work you're doing in the dirt or the grind you put in is what's taking you there. So even though I was a serial job hopper, I was always thinking long term, long term about where I wanted to go. You know, and with each job, my vision started getting clearer and clearer because I was being intentional about finding that clarity the whole time. So something that helps with this is um, that I found, and this is something I encourage a lot of people do, to do, is to really try to build a life for yourself as if you're building a life for someone you love. So, and I know a lot of people have issues with self-love. That's a whole nother, that's a whole nother conversation. But if you, if you were treating yourself as someone you love and building a life for yourself that you love, that changes the whole outcome. Like a lot of people say, I want to sacrifice and work hard to give my kids a better life, right? I don't have kids, but I can tell you this. When I do have kids, what they're going to see is not just a father who, you know, worked hard for X amount of years and grinded and put in work and came home exhausted to give them a better life, but someone who gave them a better life and also enjoyed what he did, right? Someone who was fulfilled through his work and was on a mission. So that's what I'm really getting at here. And even if you're at a job, you know, when I was at a job, I would look at my managers. I would look at them and be like, okay, I'm here now, but do I really want to be in their shoes five to 10 years from now? Is, is this what I really want to do? There are certain things I might like about it or certain things that I dislike about it, but those are important things, once again, to keep your antennas up and be keeping track of, right? So if you're in a job or just in any position in life, you got to say, what do I like about this position? Or what do I dislike about this position? I'm not just talking about your job. I'm talking about your life. Like ask yourself right now, what do I like about my life right now? What am I grateful for in my life right now? And then what do I dislike about my life right now? You got to have that honest conversation with yourself, you know, like, and then once you're asking yourself what you dislike about your life, how can you change, improve, or accept it? It's a serenity prayer, right? Uh, God grant me this, uh, the strength to accept the things that I can't change. That's what we're talking about here. Those are your only three options if there's things that you dislike about your life, including your job situation, including relationships. Can you change, improve, or accept any of those things? And if the answer is yes, then get to work on it. <laughs> All right, so, and that's your responsibility, right? If, if there's things you dislike about your life, no one's coming to rescue you, no one's coming to save you, you know, especially if you're a former athlete, your coach isn't coming for you. The athletic department, you already graduated, they're not coming to help you find a job. They're not coming to help you get clear on what your mission is, right? That's why Jonathan's here, that's why ATS is here, and a host of other, that's why I'm here, right? So no one's coming to save you, it's your responsibility to be able to map that out. Right now, this is another thing which could be a totally separate uh, discussion, but drafting mentors into your life. So you need to, once you're starting to get clear on your vision, just like any professional team, even a college team, they recruit players. So you need to start drafting people, recruiting people into your life who can help you get where you want to go. People who you can model. Prime example, when I first started working with athletes, I was doing research, came across ATS, came across Jonathan. For the past over two years, almost three years, Jonathan and I have been in touch. He's like a big brother, like a mentor to me, like a guy. I sought him out. Jonathan didn't come find me. Hey, Todd, you ever thought about working with athletes? Like, I already knew what I wanted to do, and I found Jonathan. That's what I'm saying. You got to do the same thing, whatever you're doing, right? So whenever, and whenever I'm working one-on-one, -on -one, 
with the former athlete or I'm giving a talk like this one, my ultimate goal at the end of the day is really to help people just get from a point where they have no idea or somewhat of an idea of what they want to do to having a crystal clear vision of where they want to go. That's it. Plain and simple. Plain and simple, because that changes everything if you have that clarity. When you can wake up every single day and just be excited about pursuing whatever it is you're pursuing now, just as excited as you were with your sport, that's a game changer. And that's what we're talking about here, because most people don't have that, you know? And at a certain point, you're gonna have to decide, you're gonna have to decide whether you're gonna be working a job and living for the weekends for the rest of your life, or you're gonna build a, job, a life for yourself. And that's really the only two options. Because how, how do most people go through life? Right, and maybe this is you right now. It's Sunday night. Most people on Sunday night, they get the Sunday night blues. Meaning they worked all week. Jonathan knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> meaning they worked all week, were miserable all week, couldn't wait to get to the weekend. They had their little Saturday. They probably ran errands the whole time. Sunday rolls around. Sunday night blues usually used to hit me around four o'clock. As soon as the sun starts to go down, I can't, so what does that mean? That means I can't even enjoy a full weekend of time because my Monday through Friday is so out of alignment with who I am and what I really want to be doing in life. So out of alignment that I can't even fully enjoy Sunday, the day of rest. I can't even enjoy it. Four o'clock creeps in. I'm like, man, I got to go back to the office again. I got to respond to these emails. So it's not a, it doesn't have to be this, this bad thing, right? I'm not, I'm not pointing it out to say, oh, that's terrible. I'm saying that's a sign. You know what I mean? That's a sign that you're off your path and you need to start doing some work to get on your path. Now, I'm not saying up and quit your job tomorrow, okay? I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want anybody blaming me. Yeah, Tosh said that if I'm out of alignment, so this is my last day, and then now you're living on the streets. Times are too hard, all right? Do not, please do not blame me for any of that. But understand that there's a big difference between your job and your work. And that's what I'm talking about tonight. I want you to find your work. I want you to imagine doing something or discover for yourself something that you can wake up and you don't need an alarm clock to wake you up because you're so excited to get out of bed in the morning and do your work. Not your job, but your work. And if you feel like there's more to life than what you're currently doing right now, then trust me, there is. And I need you to trust in your ability to find that thing and cultivate it. And here's the thing, it's not gonna happen overnight either. I don't wanna sit here and, you know, anybody who's really been putting in work for a long time understands it doesn't happen overnight. You don't just say, I'm gonna do this and then you quit your job and ride off into the sunset. We're looking at years of grinding, especially for you athletes on here. You know, think about it as being a freshman again. Now that you're out in the quote unquote real world, you are a freshman. So you're looking at, you know, two, three, four, five years of perfecting your craft, getting really good at what you're doing, you know, networking, building, all that type of stuff. Um, but it starts with having the clarity. You don't want to be like I was, right, on my senior year in the real world, meaning I was 25, still trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I, you know, I'd already graduated four years ago. I should have been a, a senior in life right now, you know, on the scale of that four years. But I was still trying to map out my steps because I didn't get clear until right around that time. And then I spent the last three years getting clear. You see what I'm saying? So I'm not special. You know, I'm not, I'm just focused. I'm clear about what I want. I put myself in this position um, by being intentional, you know, and me being here tonight is a result of, like I said, three years ago when I connected with Jonathan. That's what we're talking about. And I've done a lot, of, a lot of jobs in between that time, but I never let that distract me from doing my work. So I got up early in the morning before my job to do my work. You know, I stayed up, I came home after my job and stayed up late at night till midnight, two, three in the morning doing my work. When everyone else was out at the club on the weekends, 
this is especially for all you recent grads out there, because I was Mr. Extended College, meaning I came home from school, broke, living at home with my parents, and thought that for some reason it was okay to be in the club every weekend. Like, like what, what am I celebrating? Even if I met a girl, where was I going to take her? Back to my mom and dad's house? You know, so <laughs> at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you got to think about stuff like that too. If you just graduated, I know you're back home with all your friends who you missed out on, you know, or maybe you're still living in the city where you went to school. People want to party. People want to go out. You still want to hang out on campus and be the, the, the big man or big woman on campus who graduated last year. But guys, please trust me, stay focused on your work. It's not worth it. The, the clubs and stuff will always be there, you know. So anyway, the topic of tonight, what, what we're talking about is, is um, how to not settle for a mediocre life after sports, right? How to go from surviving to thriving. So my answer, my recipe to that is very simple. You decide. As simple as that. You just decide you're not going to live a mediocre life. Not once. You don't just say, I'm not going to live a mediocre life. And you just decide it once. That sounds great, but this is a decision that you have to make, a choice you make every single day for the rest of your life that you're not going to settle for just what's safe and secure, but you're going to find something that excites you and has you, you know, ready to wake up out of bed in the morning to hit the ground running, you know, and making your contribution to whatever cause that you find. That's the only way. That's the only way. So, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to come across as, you know, Mr. Ra Ra, you can do it. Like I'm here to give a motivational speech. You know, I want to make sure that I'm leaving with something tangible that you can actually take away because it does no good for, for us to have this conversation and everybody's all fired up and then it's business as usual on Monday morning and you go back to your normal routine. So I'm going to share something with you that you can put into action immediately. Like, as a matter of fact, I just suggest that you do it as soon as we get off this call. I have a lot of former athletes I'm working with do this, and I call it three by three. You want to you, you write this down. It's called three by three because you take the three people closest to you in your life, you know, parents, siblings, best friend, boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse, and you identify the three people who know you best, better than anyone, the people who will give you the most honest answers, and you ask them three questions. That's why it's called three by three. Three people, three questions. And you say, you can approach them different ways. You can say, I'm working on a project. Can I just ask you some questions? The three questions are, number one, what are my strengths? Number two, what are my weaknesses? And number three, how do you envision me making a contribution to the world? Now, the third question is by far the most important, but don't, don't overlook the first two, especially the one about weaknesses, because, you know, a lot of people, if you, if you ask your mom, what are my weaknesses? She's going to try to protect you and not say anything mean about you, but it's important that you get some feedback on that too, because all of this feedback collectively, especially the one about the contribution, you can use this to start to see how other people view you and get that feedback and start figuring out how you can, like when I did this with my mom, this was several years ago, one of the things she said about my contribution was, you make people feel heard and understood. So at the time I had no idea what I was gonna do, but you can see how that kind of, um, you know, ties into me being a coach and working with people. So that's something you can do immediately. Make sure you write the stuff down. Like at the end of the day, you'll be surprised by some of the answers that you get. Um, but yeah, I just want to leave you guys with something tangible. That's my time. You know, we didn't want to keep you here all night. You can connect with me at tajdashan.com. It's T-A-J-D-A-S-H-A-U-N. All my social media handles are on there. You can uh, schedule some time to speak with me. I'm Taj Deshaun across all social media platforms. Very active on LinkedIn, as Jonathan knows. I'm always posting something on LinkedIn. Um, I have a podcast called Thrive After Sports, which is available on all podcast platforms. And then I have a new book coming out that is available for pre-order now at thriveaftersportsbook.com. 
So please go check that out and support. The more pre-orders we get, that prevents me from, you know, printing 10,000 copies of a book. If only a thousand people order it, that's a bad business move. <laughs> so show me love. Once again, Jonathan, in case I don't get the chance to say it, I know we're going to open it up for Q&A, but in case I don't get the chance to say it, thank you for all the work that you do. Thank you for being an inspiration, not only to me, but so many other people who work with former athletes um, and just the former athletes themselves, current athletes themselves. Your work is, is an inspiration to everybody in the industry. I consider you like OG, the GOAT of this industry of working with athletes. So thank you for the opportunity to come on and share a little bit on your platform. Taj, you, you are more than welcome, man. Uh, you always got an open door uh, with, with the stuff we have going on, man. And when we first met, like we said, we, we knew we would connect eventually and, and be able to collaborate. And uh, this is just the beginning. So I'm so proud of you. Um, I, re I remember when we first connected, man, and, and, and you were figuring things out and to see where you are now. Uh, it's, it's, it blesses me tremendously, man. So uh, keep up the great work. Uh, yes, questions, questions, thoughts. <clears throat> so, you know, I've known, I've known Taj for 10 years now. And, you know, we were teammates at Stony Brook. And the one difference between us is he, he was on scholarship and I wasn't. So there was just a different experience that we had. So um, I'm curious. You know, nowadays, now that we're in this space where we know that we know what the word scholarship means, when you hear someone, when you hear a young kid come, especially during these times of COVID where scholarships are probably limited, the budget's kind of limited, what exactly do you tell a kid or a family when they say, oh my God, dude, I'm on scholarship. I just got offered a scholarship. How exactly do you, uh, what, what's the thing you say to that kid without necessarily discouraging him? But just let them know that that, star, <laughs> that scholarship is just a business. It's just a business transaction. Yeah, that's a great question, man. First of all, I'm glad you made it. I love to see you here, man. I love the support. Um, that's a great question. I think something that's big for me. I, I don't want to like scare anybody or put fear in anybody's hearts, you know. But what I tell them is, like you said, straight to the point. Like, understand that this is a business transaction. You know, whatever the coach told you over dinner with your family about how they were going to take care of you and you're going to be the number one player and, you know, they're going to give you massages after practice and all that. Um, make sure that you just keep that in mind and understand it is a business decision. And my go-to line, the thing I always say is, you know, take advantage of your scholarship. Don't, don't let the school take advantage of you. You know, play the game. Don't let the, the game play you, basically. It's, it's my very simple advice. And I just hope that they can take that and have that in the back of their minds and, and run with that. So right. just have that understanding that okay, this because I'll, I'll tell the story because we had um we had an academic advisor that told me <laughs> to take a really really easy sociology class. And Taj happened to be listening in on that conversation. He goes, "Yo, I heard Raj tell you to easy, take the easy." So I'm like, "Bro, we're in Stony Brook University, one of the top institutions on the East Coast." you're telling me to take that easy. That's not what we're right. You know what I'm saying? And that's, I think it was just the fact that you called that out. Little things like that can, can kind of put dogs on you. That's a great point, man. And that in itself is an entirely, because I know it doesn't just happen at Stony Brook. I know it happens, you know, everywhere. And there's some great people. Jonathan works with a lot of great people in academic departments. And then you have, you know, unfortunately the people we came across who will just try to keep you eligible and, you know, take this basket weaving class and all that type of stuff. But that's another, that's another conversation for another night, man. We don't want to hurt anybody's so, feelings. So, so a moment, that was, yeah, we'll go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
anyone else have any other questions? If you have a question that's more like specific to your situation, that would be helpful because, you know, I am a coach. So if you ask a question that's like, Taj, I'm going through this, this, and this. What do you think I should do with this, this, and this? If I can coach you on that, then that helps anybody else listening now or listening to the recording to be like, to put themselves in your shoes and, and get some advice. So. I'm not sure what your name is because just looking at your uh, handle within the screen, but he, you stole my question. It's all good. <laughs> I was going to ask something similar. My bad, my bad, my bad. It's okay. We think it alike. I appreciate it. Um, but I guess, you know, I, I was going to ask, how would you encourage high schoolers to get to gain clarity? And for me, that comes from the perspective of I used to be an academic advisor um, in athletics for over a decade. And the toughest part for me was to get an 18, 19 year old and try to be like, hey, I'm here to help you. Like go to this class. Yeah, this class is hard, but you should keep pushing and those things right that, like that. And it was like, I was the bad guy because I was trying to believe in them where there were sometimes other people who were like, oh no, do the easy route, do this, do this, you going to the league. Um, so it was like, for me, I always kept going back like, shucks, how can I get these students before college to understand the importance and the clarity needed so that when you come into college, the expectation is that everyone around you is going to make you your best self. So thank you, that was a great, great question. But other than that, I really appreciate you sharing and taking the time out uh, to share with us. This is so much needed. And also too, you didn't got me fired up about some stuff that I was told to do already. So I got homework tonight. I appreciate it. That's you. right. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Jamie. I wish I had somebody like you in my corner when I when, when me and Asma were going through it because I can tell you have a good heart and you actually care about the student athletes that you work with. So even though it may be difficult sometimes, I think it's great because they need somebody like you to get them right. to shift their perspective instead of just letting them skate along. So okay. props to you for, for everything you do, you know? Thank you. Any more questions? I think we might be wrapping it up. Let's see. Taj, I, I, loved, uh, I love your message tonight. One of the things that really stood out to me is, 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 is when you said, you know, I'm not necessar necessarily telling you to like quit your job now, right? Like I think people see like somebody might get on LinkedIn tomorrow, right, Taj, and see all the work you do, see the book, and they'd be like, hey, man, like, like I want to do that, right? But, but it's so important. I'm glad you shared like the grind aspect of it, right? Like, like three years ago, you had this vision. Here you are now. Is is and this and it's still not even all the way fulfilled, right? It's, it's in the, the 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 process. But people need to understand that. I feel like we live in a society where, um, you know, people just expect immediate gratification, man. Or or you know, if they don't get the results they want in six months, a year, ah, they on to the next thing. But for you to have that vision, right, and then to stick to it, um and take the jobs you needed to take in between and, and, you know, while you're still working towards that vision is huge, man. So I'm so glad that you, that you shared that. Thank you, Jonathan. I appreciate yeah. that, man. Yeah. It's one of those things where I feel like once you find your thing, like once you find it, you, you have no choice or if yeah. you quit on it, then you didn't really want it that bad. So I looked yeah. at it like once I had the idea, I was like, something's going to come from this, you know, now or later. Mm -hmm. Like, even if I was willing to be broke for this thing for like 10 years, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, if that's what it took, then I was going to be broke for 10 years, but at least I was waking up doing something I cared about every day. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Man. So good. So good. Taj, you got anything else before we close out?
officially? I'm all good, man. I've already you good. I, I'll sit here. I'll sit here and just say thank you, thank you, Jonathan. Thank you. I'll just do it for like two more hours. So you know, <laughs> I appreciate it. I'm man, good. Thank man. you. I said all I had to say. Thank you, thank you. All right. Well, thank you again for uh, attending and uh, for those who are able to attend. And if you're watching the recording, thank you. Feel free to share it uh, with your network. And uh, we'll see you the second Sunday of November. See you guys. Peace out. Bye-bye. Yeah.